This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. Amen. Thank you for the, the music, and I love that song, the thought, the truth that's behind it. I became a free man one day, and I pray that you have as well. Today we are concluding a series that we have had in prayer, uh, Know Him Through Prayer, and throughout this series we, and we have emphasized knowing Him through several different things. The first was communication, that we would seek Him intimately. Uh, I made reference on that particular day that we would seek His face, uh, not His hand. Uh, as we do that, it gives us a desire of confession. Oftentimes we look at confession just as just, uh, I'm going to confess sin and I'm going to uh, do all these different things. But genuinely, as we know God and as we seek God, our desire should be confession. We should, it should be a desire of ours, not that we would uh, mess up, but that we would have a desire to be uh, in right standing, just like with your spouse or anybody else. You, wanna, you want that relationship to be pure, and confession is a part of that, that we would confess those before God. That leads us to having communion with God, that we would commune and abide in our relationship with God. That leads us into a greater confidence that we would uh, know His ways as we uh, seek His face. And today, we're concluding the series with the word control. Will we yield control to the Lord? I would say this, if you and I want a powerful walk with God, if you want to have powerful moments of prayer, if you want your life to be impactful for others and for the gospel, the greatest way and the greatest thing that we can do is to genuinely yield ourselves to God. That we would present ourselves to God. Romans 6 speaks of yielding control and no longer being under the power of sin. Romans 6, verse number 12 through 14 says this, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and, and your members as instruments of, un, of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. And this passage and this word speaks of yielding is, is, is literally this. It has everything to do with you and I yielding our will to Him. That we would yield our will, that we would uh, have our will, that we would, we would yield control. Will we give up power? Will we have the will to say no? Sometimes I believe we, we say, well, this is just a blind faith, that I would blindly do these things because I can't see God and I can't... No, here's the, here's the difference from having a completely blind faith and having a faith or having a, a will to give it and to yield it to God is this. As I read Scripture... I can see who God is. I can see the works of God. I can see the many things that God has done. And I'm not just blindly saying, oh, well, I have no idea of anything about this, but sure, I'm going to go with it. There's an education behind me yielding myself to God because as I say, God, yes to you, I'm looking at all of the things that God has done. And I'm saying, God, I believe you can do that in my life. And so I yield that control to God. I am, I am giving that to God. I would say it even this way. The more that I know Him, the, the more that I desire to yield my control to Him. 
Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The more that I know the Word of God, and the more that I am desiring and seeking the face of God, the more that I know Him, and the more that I know Him, I would naturally desire to say, God, You are amazing, and You live within me. I want some of that in my life. Hey, the more that I know my wife, the more that I yield and give to my wife. She doesn't control me, regardless of what she may tell you. I'm just kidding. She doesn't control me, but I desire to yield to her the more that I know her. I want to present myself to her. And so as we do that, again, the more that we know one another, sin will always be a powerful force. But it isn't any longer the master or the Lord, and it can and must be resisted. Listen, sin, when you know God as Savior, sin can be resisted. It's difficult, but the more that I know Him, the more that I desire, the more that I desire to do those things, the more that I naturally yield myself to God because I know Him, and the more that I know Him, I resist it becomes a little easier. And as we look at this, sin will always be a powerful force, but it isn't any longer the master, the Lord, and it can be resisted. These few verses here and other writings in Scripture speak of sin as no longer being on the throne. Sin is no longer the king or no longer to reign in our lives. Paul says, let not sin reign. It has no right to reign any longer in my life. It has no power unless... We obey its lusts. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. In verse number 11 it says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. The things that we give into as believers, they, this, we are now foreigners in this world that we live. I am a child of God. It says here, I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am a peculiar people. Because of that, I should show forth the praise. Because of that, some of the wickedness that was in my life ought to be foreign now. We are, strange. we are strangers and we're pilgrims. It says abstain from those things. We aren't of this world anymore. The moment that we give our life to God, we are now aliens and strangers. And the only thing Satan can do to you or I is attack our mortal body. We are a new creature. Our soul is immortal out of sin's reach. But my physical body, my mind has yet been glorified eternally speaking. Romans 6.11 says this, Reckon or consider yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in verse number 12 it goes into that, Let not sin. If you believe, if believers truly would reckon themselves or consider themselves dead to sin, they will prove their faith by yielding to God. We're to submit ourselves we are to submit our bodies to the Lord. What does Paul say in other passages of Scripture? That we are, uh, we are running a race, that we are to subject ourselves in this race, that we are setting forth to the prize of the high calling and all of those things. Our body is set free from the reign of sin. 
Just like an athlete brings his body into subjection to stay fit to run the race, you and I are able to do the exact same thing, spiritually speaking, with our bodies. I don't know how many of you are dieters. I'm not a big dieter. I don't watch. I am drinking water. I'm healthy. I'm not one that watches all the carbs and all the different things that I take into my body. Regardless of what many of you think, I don't just eat junk food all day. Because that's kind of the stereotype that I've created for myself, I guess. But... To diet takes what? Discipline. If you want to race, if you want to run a race, it takes discipline. If you want to be a great athlete, it takes discipline. If you want to be a great musician, it takes discipline. If you want to be great at anything, it takes great discipline. And if I can discipline myself in all of these things in life, why can I not discipline myself in the spiritual things of life, that I can do the things that God says that I can do. But see, I believe for so many of us, we have been told and we have told ourselves, I can't do this because of whatever it would be. And I don't know that we fully believe wholeheartedly in this passage of Scripture. Let not sin reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. I don't, I don't know sometimes that we fully believe that I can have power to say no to sin. We're to submit ourselves. We are to submit our bodies to the Lord. And as we do that, to do that, it takes discipline. We started this entire series talking about communication. And one of the things and one of the key points that I made at the very end of that first sermon was this. I don't necessarily believe so much that we have a prayer problem as much as it is that we have a discipline problem. My questions that I get all the time is, well, can you just teach me how to pray? Can you tell me how to pray? Listen, I would do everything that I can to walk you through certain things, and I can show you what Scripture says, and we can go through all of those things, but I don't believe at the heart of all of these things. I truly do not believe that we have a heart problem and an understanding of education that we do not know how to pray. I believe that we have a major discipline problem inside of the church where we don't know We don't discipline ourselves to read Scripture. We don't discipline ourselves to pray. We don't discipline ourselves to do certain things. And therefore, we have a major problem. So as we look at some of these things today, we must not go on presenting our members as instruments of unrighteousness. We must yield ourselves, our mortal body, it says, to the Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. It doesn't say, let not sin reign in your souls or your spirit. Because if you know Christ as Savior, He owns that. It can't get into that. But our mortal body, we must spiritually give ourselves to the Lord. It isn't enough just to say, I have a strong will. There's a lot of people outside of these walls that do not know Jesus Christ as Savior. 
that will be strong-willed enough to say, I'm never going to take another drink. I'm never going to say that thing. I'm never going to do that thing. And they have the will enough to do it. But here's what I want to look at over the next couple moments. James 4 and verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Most everybody in here has heard that pastor scripture, have heard that saying. You know what often is said? It says we would hear it as we talk in conversation. Resist the devil and he will flee. The, the Bible doesn't just say resist the devil. What does it say? Submit. Yield ourselves to God. Resist the devil. Then there's a process. It starts as we submit to God, as we yield to God. Then it speaks of the will. What is the will? I must resist. I submit to God, then I resist. But how? Here's here's the thought. Here's the thought. When we yield to God, the floodgates are open. When I would, if I were to just yield myself to God, the Holy Spirit lives within me. If I know Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit lives within me. Does the Holy Spirit come in and just begin to run crazy inside of my life? No. No. The Bible says God just kind of sits and knocks. And he waits patiently for us to say, hey, come on in. Hey, if God wanted to, he could come right into your life. He could come right into your life. He could beat down the door and he could make you do whatever he wanted to make you do. But God gave you the choice. God given me the choice. And God, when I say God, I say yes, I am yielding to you. I am submitting to you. He then begins to open that floodgate. And when that floodgate gets open, man, the power of God is within us. But what we do is we put God in this little box and we put him over here somewhere. And we you just stay here. And one day I'm going to need you and I'll call you. He's inside going, hey, hey, knock, knock. And if we would just yield to God, he's waiting to pour out a blessing into us that we've never experienced before. But as we yield to him, Romans chapter 6, we're going to be in verse 15 through the end of the chapter here this morning. And... uh, there's a lot here. This is probably three works, weeks worth of sermon. So, and you got an extra hour of sleep, right? Oh, you lost an hour of sleep? Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 15, if you have your Bible with you. This really easily could have been the very first sermon inside of this series if we would yield control and then go through. But I, as we wrap it up, thinking of all of these pieces, all of this comes together. If we would just simply yield to God, the prayer, the power that we have in prayer would transform our lives. So I pray that this would be an impact for you. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, 
For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then? Had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, I come to you this morning. And God, I believe that this is a passage of Scripture that impacts every person in this room. If they do not know you as Savior, the greatest thing they can do is yield control of their lives to you. Lord, for those that sit here and know you as Savior, the thing that we battle every single day, all day long, is yielding control to you. God, would you allow us, would you give us the strength, would we yield control to you this morning and every day and every moment of every day of our lives. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. The first thought is this. Yielding control or yielding gives us a new freedom. Sin is devastating. Sin is debilitating. It defiles. It is rebellious. In our own attempts, it is incurable. It is overpowering. It promises satisfaction only to leave us empty and unsatisfied. It brings misery frustration it brings hopelessness sin damns the unredeemed to hell revelation 20 and verse 14 and 15 and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire sin is terrible sin is life wrecking it is soul damning reality and it grows as an incurable cancer We try to do all that we can to escape it, yet we cannot. And the absolute greatest gift that could ever be given is the gift of freedom from sin. And God did just that in sending His Son to die upon a cross. Paul is writing, Paul is encouraging the believers that they no longer have to live under and in that reality, in that sin. They no longer, or they no longer or ever will they have to go back to the old reign or to be a slave of sin. Listen, this morning, if you are a believer and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you ought to live in freedom because we've been set free. And I would ask you, are you living in freedom? Have you found freedom in Christ? Not only that you have asked Him into your heart, but that you are walking and seeking the Lord. And in that experiencing freedom, as we walk and seek God, we are experiencing freedom in our lives. And this freedom comes as we what? Yield control. As we yield control. It comes as we take serious sin in our lives. I've heard from so many people the effects of different things in their lives and they've said things like this. Pastor, I'll always have to deal with this sin. Or I guess I'm just human and I guess we'll just have to deal with this. This will be something that I battle forever and ever. I would say 
to those of you that may sit here this morning and battle sin and battle uh, any form of, of, of debilitating sin in that regard, I would say to you this. No. You don't have to live under the bondage of sin. God's Word says that sin, we have been set free from those things. But here's what we do have to do. We have to yield ourselves, yield our members of unrighteousness, yield ourselves to God. And as I yield myself to God, I understand that God, I I can't do this. I was reading something this week and it said this simple thing. There's a lot of people that will say a lot of things that I can't do this and I can't do that. The reality is this. So long as you believe that you can fight the fight, you will lose. It's only when we get to the place with sin that we would say, God, I have done everything that I can with the same result every time. You know why? Because I have done everything I can. And God's just saying, hey, when you yield it all to me, I already have. And I want to give it to you. I want to give you that freedom. The most freeing thing that you can ever do is to say, God, I can't do it anymore, but I know that you can. And from here on out, my goal is to yield myself to you. And I am going to give my will to you. I'm going to, I'm going to say no. And I'm going, to, I'm going to trust that in saying no and yielding to you that your power, your Holy Spirit is going to move forward and take control of this situation. Because the only thing that I can do is yield control to Him. And as we look at this, am I free? When our thinking is, that I'll always have to deal with that thing, that sin, listen, guess what? You always will. Period. (laughs) So long as I believe that I always have to fight this fight like this, I always will. And I'll always feel defeated every time. If God is powerful enough to save me from sin, save me for eternal life, then He's powerful enough to give me freedom from sin as we yield control of our lives to Him. Sin no longer has dominion over me. So since I'm not under the law, I should sin, right? That's what this passage says. It says absolutely not. But so many of us have this attitude. Because we think, I have to do something. Today, I willingly choose obedience. Obedience to sin unto death or Obedience unto righteousness. It's an act of the will. Will I yield control to the Lord? When I yield, I have a new freedom. That freedom is based on the position we have in Him. You were slaves of sin. You became obedient from the heart. Have you said yes to God this morning? Many of you in this room, I would believe, as I look around, most of your faces I recognize, you would, I would believe that you would say, yes, absolutely, I know Christ is my Savior. I've said yes to God. And from the heart, you have said yes to God. You became freed from sin. So much that you became slaves of righteousness. Obedience from the heart is God working in our innermost being that we desire and strive to live righteously, again, from the heart. 
faith and obedience are inescapably related. There is no saving faith in God apart from obedience to God. And there can be no godly obedience without godly faith. Obedience to Jesus Christ and obedience to his truth are totally synonymous. They go hand in hand and his truth is the living and abiding word of God. As we look at that passage of scripture, shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid, know ye not that ye to know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. We look at these things and it says that form of doctrine, as we obey from the heart, that form of doctrine, listen. There used to be a time where I was How's this? The more and more that I've grown in God, the more that I've studied God's word, the more that I've read God's word, the more that I have attempted to the best of my ability to allow God to just move and work in me, the more that I've understood the core doctrines, the doctrines of the truth, the word of God, as I've understood God's doctrines and God's truth and the theologies that God has given to us, my desire is changing because I desire to know him, to walk with him, and to yield to him. That comes as what? As I understand this, many people came to know Christ and they understood this passage of scripture from the heart, that form of doctrine, from the heart. We believed the doctrinal truth of what salvation was. We believed that we were a sinner. We believed that we couldn't do anything about it. We believed that Jesus died upon a cross. We believed that he rose again. We believed all those things. God, come into my life. I believe that form of doctrine. And as I believe that form of doctrine, if that's the only thing that I have ever learned is that form of doctrine, guess what? Eventually, I will go backwards because I never learned the understandings. I've never learned more truths around that. But as I grow in the doctrines, I desire the yielding, which is freedom in my life. It's freedom. It's freeing. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within. Do not let Satan's forces try to fit you into the mold of sinfulness which God delivered you from. This passage of Scripture speaks of a mold. It speaks of that thing. What is a mold? Do we know what a mold is? My dad is a machinist. He worked with molds his whole life. They would make a mold. There's a mold for everything. And you pour whatever that is, and then it molds. It forms to what that is. The doctrines fold. They mold us. God's word molds us into what it is that we are to learn and what it is that we are to know and all of those things. It is that form of doctrine, that molding of what that is, is exactly what that's speaking of. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your mind from within. Don't let Satan's forces try to fit you back into the old sinful mold from which God delivered you. Let God continue to fashion you into the perfect image of his son is a statement from John MacArthur. For as we yield to him, 
we will experience a new level of intimacy with God, giving us a new freedom. And that new freedom allows us to express a new loyalty. The first thought this morning is this. Yielding gives us a new freedom. The second one is yielding expresses a new loyalty. I'm no longer loyal to sin. I am no longer a slave to sin. When we, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Verses 19 and 20 says this, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness, And to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. I'm no longer a servant or a slave of uncleanness. Paul says, you used to sin, which led to more sin or more lawlessness. Now yield your members slaves to righteousness which leads to, which gives sanctification. That is being purified or being, being moved, being made holy. It's a process of being more and more set apart to be more like Him. We were always loyal to the old master, the master of sin. We were loyal to the wickedness. We were loyal to the defeat of sin. God says, you always were, we were loyal to that. You may not consider it that, we may not think of it in that regard, but in sin, outside of Christ, we are loyal to sin. (laughs) We fight for it. Have you watched the news lately? They fight for it. (laughs) They don't know any better. Next week, we start a new series looking at some of that exact thing. What is absolute truth and how it completely, without truth, it dictates a whole world a mess. We're living in it. Sin leads to more sin. I am loyal to it. God's Word speaks of that over and over and over. How the foolish things confound the wise. And on and on and on it goes. We are looking at it. We live in a day and age where we watch this. I mean, it's always been, but I hope that you see it. Sin leads to more sin. Loyalty of sin. We might go, that is so silly. No, that's exactly what happens. We are slave of what we obey. And when we obey sin, we are a slave to sin. We are loyal to it. Have any of your children ever lied to you? Thank you for being honest. The only one in the room. Everyone else just laughed. Our children lie, right? And what do they do to get out of the lie? They lie again. And then they do it again until you stop them and you try to get their attention and they go, oh, yeah. Why? Do you know why? Because they've obeyed sin. 
They become loyal to that sin because they think that sin is going to get them out of the next thing. They, we, just, we continue to go down the rabbit trail. And when we look at this thing and we look at the, a new loyalty that we have, I am no longer loyal to the old master. I am to be loyal to the, the master, to the righteousness of God. Today, we can't sit still in sin and unrighteousness. We are growing one way or the other. Have you thought about that? Paul here says, as your lawlessness presented more lawlessness, so your righteousness presents sanctification. Your righteousness presents holiness. Your righteousness builds on top of when you, listen, oh, this is good. When you begin to grow in God, what happens? Man, we get excited. I had a phone call this week. Hey, I just had to tell you what God is doing in my life. Man, that's exciting. Do you know what I don't get? Hey, pastor, I was so excited to tell you. Last night, man, I blew it bad. It was a lot of fun. No, you know what that person does? They avoid me. They avoid you who keep them accountable to doing the right thing. And they run. Because sin leads to more sin. Righteousness leads to sanctification. Righteousness leads to more righteousness. Why? Because I'm excited. God is doing something in me. Leads to that sanctification. That being more like God. We are not standing still today. There's not one person in this room that's standing still. You're either growing with God or you're growing away from God. We don't stand still. Those in sin progress deeper in sin. A believer who is obedient from the heart will grow deeper and deeper in sanctification. If a believer doesn't grow deeper in sanctification, they will slip further and further back into sin. Though if they truly have made a profession of faith, they can't lose that salvation, but they do lose the joy and the peace and the the rest that they have in God. Until what? Confession. Communication and confession. And all of the things that we've spoke of already. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a famous pastor, said this, As you go on living this righteous life and practicing it with all your might, and energy and all your time, you will find that the process that went on before in which you went on from bad to worse and became viler and viler is entirely reversed. You will become cleaner and cleaner and purer and purer and holier and holier and more and more conformed unto the image of the Son of God. God's purpose in redemption from sin is not that we might have freedom to do more sin, but that they would live righteously and have freedom in Him. Our loyalty changes. Our loyalty changes. My loyalty is no longer that I desire to do this, but no, I am loyal to God that I would be loyal unto righteousness and that God would move so much in me. Listen, as I yield to God, my loyalties change. I don't desire that any longer. Listen, this morning, some of you might think I've lost my mind. As we yield control to God, 
and we yield the sin in our life and we yield all of these things to God, you want to experience a powerful movement of prayer in your life, yield control to Him. Set a new loyalty in your life. I promise you, I promise you, you'll experience a whole new thing in your world. One of our core values is to know Him. This entire year, we are focusing on knowing Him. This series is knowing Him through prayer. And I am pleading with you, as we seek God in prayer, face to face, confessing to be in right standing with God, communion to be communing and abiding with God, having a confidence in God that we would know God's ways and not just His works, that we would yield control, it all comes back to that, that we would yield control to God. If you want to know God, this morning, yield control to Him. Yield control and experience an entirely new loyalty this morning. For as we yield to Him, we will experience a new level of intimacy with God, giving us a new freedom and expressing a new loyalty, which produces everlasting fruit. Last point is this, yielding produces everlasting fruit. Yielding produces everlasting fruit. What fruit had ye that in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things in death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What fruit had you? Is the first question. What is the fruit that you were excited about before you knew Christ? What is the greatest thing that you had to offer? I yielded myself to sin over and over and over and over again. And I had a great house and I had lots of money. And I had cool cars and I had and I had and I had and I had and I had. What do we have to live for? What is that? All of the stuff that we have. I was a good person. We learned that early on. That all of sin does is allow me to think that I can do something to get out of it. And we know that there is nothing that I can do to get out of sin. It's only what He has done for me to allow me to get out of that. Everlasting fruit. Before God, what fruit did you have? For the end of that was death, is what it said. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is what? Death. I've said it over and over and over again. My testimony story is not one that I came out of great, uh, heinous, bad sin as a child. But you know, the reality is this. It doesn't matter. If I was an alcoholic, if I was abusive, if I, was a, if I had all of those things that I came out of and that God saved me from, it was still sin. God saved me from something amazing at a young age. There was nothing then 
I get that I was a boy, but there was nothing prior to salvation that was anything but leading to death. Period. So whether I was six years old and accepted Christ, the, the sin that I understood at six years and before was leading to death. And the sin that some of you may sit in here at 40 and at 60 and at 80, whatever it is, everything beyond that before this point leads unto death. Because that's what sin does. We ought to be ashamed of those things. I ought to be ashamed of the sin when I was six years old. Because it led nothing but death. Though I might look back and go, I I told some lies, I wrote my name in the neighbor's concrete. Whatever it was that I did, it's sin. The benefit, the joy, the freedom which creates an internal, uh, eternal desire, internal desire of loyalty to the Lord as we become enslaved or slaves of God We have fruit unto holiness whose end is everlasting life. Being freed from sin doesn't mean we'll never sin or that we are no longer capable of sin, but that we are no longer a slave to sin. I am no longer helpless. Without exception, every person who trusts in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord is freed from sin and enslaved to God. Here's the difference. Some will yield and some will not. Some will yield to God, some will not. Some will obey the sin and some will obey God unto righteousness. Some are more faithful and more obedient. But Christians are equally freed from the bondage to sin and equally enslaved to God. Equally granted sanctification and equally granted eternal life. Sometimes you may sit in this room. You may have sat in other rooms and you may have sat in under under preaching and under this, that or the other. And you might look at somebody and you go, well, but they're just better. (laughs) No. No. I remember as a college student, I would sit in chapels and I would, I would listen to Dr. Falwell as he would preach. And Dr. Falwell every year would preach the same sermon at the beginning of every year. The same sermon. He would go through how Liberty University and Thomas Road Baptist Church got started. And every year I would go to that chapel and so many kids would sit there and they would go, oh, here we go. We get to listen to this story again. Man, I got excited every time I got to hear that story. Because I would look to that man and I would think, that is the most faithful man I have ever seen in my life. I have never seen anybody that had such faith. And I would think, man, if I could only have faith like Dr. Falwell. As a 20-whatever-year-old I was, 20 years old. And I would think, man, if I could just have faith like Dr. Falwell. Do you know the reality is? <laughs> I can. And you can. Whoever that person is, you might look at it and you might think, wow, that is the most godly person I've ever met. If I could only be as godly as them. No, you can. 
If I could only be like such and such. No, we all have that. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit lives within us. It's am I willing to be obedient unto that? Now, God may have a plan for you different than for you. And so you're, you're, the outlook of it might look different. Man, there may be people in this room that have greater faith than Dr. Falwell ever had. Dr. Falwell just, uh, just had a platform. Your platform might be sitting in that chair and being the greatest prayer warrior that anybody's ever known. And you quietly sit and you just pray. No one may ever know the faith that you have. Like a Dr. Falwell. Some of you have no idea who he is, but that's okay. But I got to see it from, from afar. I got to sit under that teaching, and so I would think, man, if I just had some of that faith, the reality is this, I can. Because God didn't say, well, you have this much, and you have this much. No, not at all. We all have it, what we do with it. Last two simple thoughts this morning. You're like, you have two more points? No, just a couple thoughts inside this passage. But now being made free from sin, and become servant to God, we, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Two simple facts. The cost of my sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life. All of what we've talked about today. The cost of our sin is death. And the free gift of God is eternal life. Sin, as we've seen, is destructive and kills. God's word says the wages of sin is death. Are you a slave to sin today? Are you aware of your sinfulness but have never dealt with your sinfulness? God's basically given us, if you want to call it two options or one option, you believe or you don't. The wage of sin is death. I read through all of those lists of things that sin is. Sin is devastating, debilitating, defiles, it's rebellious. In our own attempt, it is incurable. It is overpowering. It promises satisfaction, leaves us empty. It, is, it, it brings misery and frustration and hopelessness and all of those things. Sin kills. Sin, the cost, the wage of our sin is death. All of those things that I just mentioned lead unto death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, everything that we've talked about today in this passage, it kind of came to this, this point here. God has given us those options. We can take what we deserve or we can take what we don't deserve. What is it that I deserve? I deserve eternal separation from God because of my sin. I deserve damnation. I deserve to be uh, completely pushed away as a, as a horrible individual because of sin. So I can take that. And I can say, but I'm good enough. 
I can say, but I'll do enough things. Or I can say, well, there is no such thing as heaven and hell. There is none of this. This is a bunch of garbage, whatever it is. You can choose. We can choose to take one or the other. I will tell you today, I recognize as a young boy that I knew that there was sin in my life. And the cost and the payment of that sin was death. And I recognize that God sent His only begotten Son that gave me a hope of eternity. That gave me a hope that would cover the sin that I had committed. And I committed early on as a little boy that I didn't want any of that. For me, I chose what I didn't deserve. I chose what I didn't deserve. Which is to have a relationship with God. That God desired to know me. Though I was unworthy of any of those things. I chose that free gift of eternal life. I didn't understand every single thing as a child. But the more that I've grown, the more that I've been grateful for the grace of God that's given me an unmerited favor, that's given me so much more than I ever deserve in my life. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Today, salvation cannot be earned. And I ask you, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? I ask you this morning, for some of you that sit in this room, have you yielded control to the Lord? And the very first step of that is saying, God, I recognize my sinfulness. God, I recognize that there is nothing that I can do to earn that, that, that place in heaven. There's nothing that I can do, but I recognize and there's nothing that I can do that you have done everything for me. And God, I step away and I say, God, I cannot. I cannot. But you already have. And I need it. Maybe today you would say, God, I yield control to you for salvation. Maybe this morning you would just simply say, Pastor, I know God. I gave control at salvation. But so often I just take it back. Because I want to do my own thing. And so today, it might be a simple recognition of saying, God, I can't do it anymore. I've tried, and 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 I've tried. And I just come to you and say that I can't try anymore because there's nothing I can do. And God, I want to yield it over to you. And you take control of my life. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.